Nearly every time I unlock my phone, I go to click on TikTok. If your savings account is less than 100,000, then this video is for you. I love it in here. Let's talk about eight things you should never do while being in a relationship. It's my series of what I like to cook for myself. As Hilari. Hilari. <laughs> it might be the most Gen Z thing about me. It's the app known for dance routines and influencers showing off their life, small bits at a time. But I'm on the work side of TikTok, or work talk, sometimes called career talk. I have a sneak peek into a day in my life from the perspective of everyone from McDonald's employees. At 10.30, uh, lunch starts, so I'm just showing you an easy order, a McDouble. To top executives at Fortune 500s. Let's go. You're coming to work with me. I hear people vent about how they struggle to nail a work-life balance, and then also people who share their 9-to-5 routine on how they do find time for fun things after work. I see roundups of problematic career cheat codes and strategic ways to level up in the workplace. One of my favorites, salary transparency videos where TikTokers go up to people on the street and ask them what they do for a living, how much they make, and if they're happy. How much do you make in your role? Do you feel well compensated? Any career advice that you would share with others who are interested in doing what you do? People are really taking advantage of learning more about the workplace through the app. When I first entered the workforce, I didn't use social media to land a job or provide me with expertise. Of course, I updated my LinkedIn profile, but that's really where it started and ended. Some people use Twitter, or I guess now we're calling it X. But now that that's fading in popularity, TikTok has even more of an opportunity to help young professionals connect and educate themselves in a different way. In fact, people are finding jobs directly through TikTok, erasing the difficulty of navigating what career search platform to use. And there are so many. LinkedIn, Indeed, Monster, Google, Glassdoor, ZipRecruiter. And Gen Z aren't forgetting about those completely, but they figure why not use their scrolling time to also help them with their career paths. Even when I'm scrolling, I save videos to a collection I've labeled work, which is where I save story ideas or even personal ways to better my own career path. It's totally different from searching on Google because the algorithm gives me just what I'm looking for in between my other entertainment, book talk, design talk, astrology talk, and in a quick way. Could this be the future of job searching and finding career advice? Welcome to The Return, a work-life podcast from Digiday Media about what the return to the office looks like as we adapt to the new post-pandemic normal. I'm your host, Chloe Callahan, a reporter at WorkLife where I cover how modern workplaces and workforces are changing across six core areas, culture, technology, talent, leadership, spaces, and diversity, equity, and inclusion. On this episode, we leave LinkedIn and Twitter in the rear view mirror and examine the app that Gen Zers love the most, TikTok, and how they're using it in their professional lives. Andrea Moreno is one of them. Andrea graduated in spring of 2021, and she saw plenty of job announcements on the typical job sites in the months after. And at the time, I had already seen like a lot of my friends that had gotten jobs or like, you know, browsing LinkedIn and just saying like offers and like, oh, I'm so happy to announce posts, which was 
like I was so happy for them, but also it added more stress to me and like the pressure of like, I need to get my stuff together, right? But she didn't have a ton of guidance on looking for jobs and interviewing. Her parents didn't go to college in the U.S. And when she was in college, she didn't use the career center, like most students don't. And the campus was still in the middle of remote learning, so everything was online. People were more focused on just getting through the day in front of them than planning for the future. I feel like, for me, it felt like it was very hands-off, you know? Like, um, uh, in the moment, I remember us worrying about, like, are we going to have in-person classes? Like, that was, like, our biggest concern. Professors and students were all adjusting to what does this version of, like, remote schooling look like and how do we adjust to it that, to me, it was too much to think about this plus what's to come after I graduate. While Andrea was seeing all those job announcements from friends on social media and starting to feel some career FOMO, she was also scrolling on TikTok and getting videos on how to format her resume and do well in job interviews. Around the time that I started, so in the fall, applying for jobs, I was already seeing, like, videos on TikTok and, like, how to interview and stuff like that. And, like, I'd see them, but, like, I wouldn't pay, like, much attention to it. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that, like, I was engaging with graduation posts and, like, post-work posts, you know. So it was coming up more and more on my feed. Um, After a while, I was like, maybe I should kind of, like, use these for tips, you know. Like, I don't have a lot of other people that can, like, help me out to, like... Why not have these strangers help me out? Like, they're willing to, clearly. Andrea found herself on Work Talk, a subsection of TikTok devoted to giving career advice, where creators talk about how to optimize the job search process, how to write a better resume, how to ask for a raise, and even how to deal with passive-aggressive coworkers. One of those Work Talk creators is Jerry Lee. If you're manually applying to jobs like this, you're doing it wrong. This is a new way that you can apply to 20 jobs. In My name is Jerry. I'm the co-founder and COO of One Sultan. and I'm also a content creator talking everything about the job search. Like Andrea, Jerry is a first-generation American. He makes content for people like him and Andrea, who don't have access to the kind of generational knowledge that other people might by asking their parents how they went about landing a desk job. The type of content that I create is one where I'm speaking to my younger self. So for me, I come from a first generation and low income background where um, my family didn't really have much support beyond of everything that we brought when we came to the States. So when I got into college, the first thing that I noticed were people already had work experiences and they started talking about this nebulous concept of an internship. And I was like, what is that? And only did I, only later I began to realize that there is a game to be played here. You need to think about a resume and, and you need to dress appropriately. You need to wear a suit. You need to interview. And the more I learned about this stuff, the more I began to realize, one, no one was teaching me. I very much learned by just trying and asking my friends. And the second thing is how important it is that I know and learn this so that I can actually get a job to help pay for my college education and help give some money back to my parents. So when I think about content creation, I think about the 18-year-old Jerry, the Jerry who just got into college, who has heard of a resume, never heard of an internship, never heard of an interview, but has to eventually do them to break out of this 
sort of cycle of poverty that my parents have been in. So that's the type of content I create. And that's the type of person I think about when I create my content. Jerry started making content on LinkedIn about six years ago. He posted about navigating his first full-time job at Google with more honesty than most. One of my first viral posts around, hey, this is the exact resume that got me an internship at Google, and I knew absolutely nobody. I didn't know exactly what I was doing. I just threw my hand in the ring, and I somehow got it. Now I want you to try. But this is the type of resume that they'll look for, right? And people were like, whoa, like, this is crazy, because somebody actually shared their resume. Eventually, Jerry decided to dip his toes in this new short-form video app that was gaining traction. Within the first month, a video he made about resume tips had 100,000 views on TikTok. Two years later, he has over 700,000 followers. And he's drawn so many of those followers by building a personal rapport with viewers, like the kind that attracted Andrea to TikTok. I mean, if if anyone looks at my content today, you'll notice that I don't have the best camera or I don't have incredible lighting or I don't have the best microphone or anything. I just primarily just use this little light on my table and I use my phone and that's it. And part of that is because like, I don't want my stuff to feel professional. I don't want my stuff to feel corporate. Like I want it to feel like I'm talking directly to you. Jerry shares personal details with his TikTok followers, like how he doubled his compensation during his two years at Google. He reviews resumes that people send in and tells them how to improve them and talks about which jobs have the highest salaries. Other people have had access to this information, but at a financial cost, either through career coaches, paid resume formats, or other resources. Or it's generational knowledge from parents who worked at desk jobs and know the ins and outs of the business world. But when you don't have access to that or can't afford it, TikTok can really make a difference in educating someone entering the workforce. It was a work talk video that led Andrea to her current job. Around March, when I when I was like scrolling through one of those videos, it was pretty much a video on, um, oh, like I just want to make this video to like have people comment in the section, like if if you're someone who is hiring or if you're looking to get hired, right? So I jumped on the comment section real quick. I was scrolling. I saw some people say like, oh, my my job's always hiring. Like we work in PR. So I went to that person's, like I looked them up real quick on LinkedIn. I saw where they worked. I connected with them. They connected back and I was like, okay, this is perfect, right? Step one. Um, and eventually, like I think a few days later, like weeks, I saw that. Um, the agency that that this person worked at had an opening for like an internship position. When there's a question that asks how you found the job, the drop-down options don't usually include TikTok. Even Andrea's co-workers were surprised to hear that's how she found it. Their reaction made me realize that maybe it's not as normal, right? Like they're really shocked that, oh, you found us through like a comment section on TikTok. Like, what, like how how does that happen? And it made a lot of people realize the power that TikTok holds, especially for people like in my generation. After the break, we'll hear from another Gen Zer who has made a career from TikTok. According to Pew Research Center, 58% of American teenagers aged 13 to 17 visit TikTok daily, and 16% access TikTok almost constantly. My screen time on TikTok last week, a whopping 9 hours and 17 minutes. 
Almost 40% of Gen Z use TikTok and Instagram for search instead of Google, according to Google's own data. The WorkTalk hashtag currently has over 1.5 billion views, with content covering everything from interview tips and cover letter advice to negotiation tactics. Gen Z is the generation that grew up on social media, so it makes sense that they're also turning to it to help them land their first jobs. Shola West didn't go the traditional route of college after high school. Instead, the UK-based Gen Zer had an apprenticeship, during which she, like Jerry, started posting on LinkedIn to build her personal brand. Yeah, so for me, I think I fell into personal branding by accident. It wasn't like I went and saw like a webinar or a seminar or a course and someone was like, do personal branding. Whilst I was an apprentice, you know, when I was going for the apprenticeship, a lot of people around me were negative and they were like, why would you want to do that? Like, it's the BTEC version of uni. Like, why would you want to do it? And I think I was so determined just to show people, no, I'm actually doing stuff. Like, I'm not making the teas and coffees. Like, I actually have this big project. So I just started documenting my experience on LinkedIn. And then I started to realize that actually from that, I'm gaining a following. I'm gaining people saying, can you come and speak in our school or can you speak on a panel? And then I only at that point, I started to realize that's personal branding, which is basically just sharing your authentic experience on a platform where it can be leveraged. And then after that, and I, I kept doing it and I would test different things. And I realized, actually, this does allow me to stand out because it's basically your digital footprint. Like when you're applying for a job, recruiters are probably going to try and search for you anyway nowadays. So instead of just having an Instagram where you just have fun, you might post your bikini pics or whatever, you have the chance to actually show something that's interesting that makes them want you even more. And it's definitely true because, you know, I'll have recruiters in my DMs basically being like, we've got this job, we've got this job. But that is only due to me really showing, you know, the work I do or my thoughts or my expertise, um, thought leadership, that sort of thing. So I think it's a really positive thing and it doesn't have to be, you know, suited and booted. You know, sometimes I use slang in my in my LinkedIn posts. It's not about that. It's just about showing who you are, really. The transition from LinkedIn to TikTok strikes again. Shola made the switch and began focusing on that app. I do, for example, like CV reviews and CV tips. I'll do interview tips. I'll do stories of myself of how I've like had to manage maybe like a toxic manager or a situation. I'll post different jobs, opportunities. I'll do day in the lives. I do this series called Shola Tours where I try to like go to different offices and showcase what it's like to work at like BuzzFeed or TikTok or Sky and I'll show those things. So that's what I do. And then my audience is definitely Gen Z. Um, and mostly anybody who wants to get into like a creative career or is just like starting out in a creative career, maybe, and needs that advice. She's been able to take her personal branding and turn it into a full-blown career. Well, what's funny is when I was actually applying for the job, I remember in like interview round three with like the quite senior people on my team. And I, I can't remember, but I think one of them asked me something like, we can see you've got a personal brand, like you've been talking about apprenticeships for so long. But obviously when you join this job, you're not an apprentice anymore. So like, what is that going to do for, like to your personal brand sort of thing? And it really threw me because I was like, one, like, how do they, like, not how do they know, but I was like, one, do they really care? Like, I was shocked that they were so invested to kind of come up with that sort of question. Um, and I must have said something about, oh, maybe something around media. I'm not too sure yet. And then I was like, but one thing that is for sure is I'm someone who always has to have a personal brand. Like I, I never can just do my job and just and go home. I'm always going to be doing stuff like that. So in the actual interview stage, I kind of warned them that that is just my personality type and it probably will happen. For a long time, the standard rule was to make sure your personal social media was private 
and to keep a strong line between that and your career. We can all remember our high school teachers telling us we'd never get a job if we had a picture of us holding a red Solo cup on the internet. Now, personal and professional are blending. I've had a lot of support. And like I've said before, my CEO is the type who will comment on my LinkedIn posts, even if it's got nothing to do with my actual day-to-day job. And I think that's really helpful and it's really nice because I know a lot of my friends who have their personal brands or some sort of side hustle and they have to hide it. And it's only making them want to leave the job more because they're just like, not only like do I not actually want to be here, but I can't even be myself. I can't even show the extra stuff that I'm doing. So I'm really grateful to be in a position where, yeah, my company appreciates it. And since then, we've definitely had, I actually was delivered a workshop in my my agency around personal branding and around using LinkedIn. So they've actually taken it on board for themselves because I think it benefits companies as well. The companies that really, truly get it will know that if your colleagues are posting on LinkedIn about their positive experiences and showing that they're thought leaders, if, if anything, it makes it more like, I want to work there. Shola actually created her own title at her most recent job, which was Media Partnerships and Gen Z Engagement Executive. I think in November of last year, I was like, right, I've been here for a year. You know, I'm always talking about Gen Z stuff anyways. I have my TikTok around Gen Z and media anyways. Is there any way you could create me a role where I could just add this on? Because clearly I'm passionate about it. And if there's a way I could tie, you know, a little bit of my side hustle with my job, that would be great. Shola worked with clients on different marketing campaigns, helping them nail why and how they want to reach Gen Z. Asking the question of why is important, she says, because some companies become guilty of knowing Gen Z as just what they're stereotyped as. She helps them ensure that they actually understand who to target and how to have a successful campaign. A lot of the times, she's the only Gen Zer in the room, giving feedback to companies that are trying to reach her generation. Yeah, I won't necessarily name names, but there was a campaign where basically um, it was a more serious topic, but we decided to get influencers who were kind of jokey to do this campaign. And they made a few jokes that I feel like Gen Z or anyone from that background would completely get. It's fine. And the clients sometimes can be like, oh, this is like, this is not good. Um, Everyone's going to start like hating our brand and and think that we're not being brand safe. And they just have their own way of thinking. And it's sometimes really challenging. That's a big challenge that I find in my job where I'm trying to educate clients that actually this is going to land with Gen Z. This is what you call being authentic. You can't have your cake and eat it. You can't say you want to be authentic, but then when you guys find the joke too far, now we have to rail it back in because then it goes back to being a boring campaign. So it happens quite a lot where I do feel like I'm fighting for like, like guys, not only am I the only Gen Z person on the call, I just know, like, let's let's even go and ask some other people. But sometimes clients can be, they're not as open as they always think they are because when it comes down to it, they get a bit nervous sometimes and they might back out of saying something and they might want, you know, loads of different versions of it. But I think over time, hopefully that will be better. And the way that Gen Z uses the internet is changing, expedited thanks to the rise of AI. Google in general is getting just outdated because even like with the whole like AI stuff, like I the other day tried one, I can't remember, I think it was like copy AI or something where I could just be like, I need content ideas for like young people who want to get into media careers or whatever. And it gave me like a list of ideas like, oh, you could say um, five tips for getting started and stuff like that. And then if I want inspiration on like how to do a nice, aesthetically pleasing day in the life, I'll go onto TikTok, day in the life at whatever company. So it's like visually pleasing to see. And then with AI as well, which actually gives you the exact answers, 
I just feel like I don't really know where the place is for Google anymore. You know, I think it's always going to be there. But I think with this generation, we want things quick. We want things easy. We want it to be easily like digestible. And I think that's something that TikTok does well, because I can very quickly see, you know, if I type something in based on like the cover screen or whatever it's called, the thumbnail, who I want to like look into more. And then I can go down the rabbit hole there. Whereas I feel like with Google, it's just, you know, half the time it's paid ads at the top and it's just like, you know, do you know what I mean? So I would definitely say it's a mixture of just the generation, but also as we progress further in technology, it's just starting to make more sense. Gen Zers look for and digest information differently now. The fast-paced nature of the digital world has led to a decrease in attention spans for this group. Studies have found that Gen Zers' attention span is a mere eight seconds. Oh my God, 100%. And it's only getting worse. Like my brother, who is um, 16, I was trying to show him a trailer for a movie I wanted to watch the other day. He didn't even get through it. Bear in mind, trailers are so short. He was like, oh, this is too long to watch. And I was just like, what is wrong with that? Like, you know what I mean? He's Gen Z, but he's just the like lower end. I'm just like, this is getting worse because I knew we all had like short attention spans. But the fact that he couldn't sit through a trailer, I was just like, this is getting scary. So I do genuinely think, yeah, we are a generation who we just want things quick and easy because we've always had it that way. You know, we haven't had to you know, use those fax machines or whatever else it is, or, you know, things are really easy to digest for us. So it's only getting better and easier. But I'm a culprit myself. Like I would much rather listen to someone speak for 60 seconds on TikTok than read a a blog post that I found on Google. Like, I just can't be bothered. Because at the end of the day, we're a generation who is using it anyway. Like, Like, I wouldn't believe if someone told me I don't use it at all. Like, you're using it, whether it's to consume, whether it's to post, whether it's just to, like, find out information, to help you study... So if it's there, try your best to use it to benefit you. Um, so that's what I yeah, generally say. Make sure you're using it to benefit you, whether that's to make income or to just have a personal brand. Rather than get caught up in the traditional, be careful about what you post, Gen Zers are using it to pull on a thread of authenticity. It's easy for Shola to use social media to create a personal brand being in a marketing agency. But it may be harder for, say, a young professional on Wall Street. On both ends of the spectrum, though, social media has been a fundamental part of Gen Z's lives. There are principles that Gen Zers have learned through their social media use that is helpful in all industries, like knowing how to capture someone's attention quickly or finding information online fast. That's why it's critical that senior executives understand this about Gen Z and empower them to take advantage of their knowledge rather than shying away from it. Next week on The Return, we'll talk about how the workplace is or isn't welcoming of non-binary and gender non-conforming Gen Zers. This is your host, Chloe Callahan. Until next time. The Return is brought to you by Digiday Media. This podcast was written and reported by me, Chloe Callahan, and produced and edited by Sarah Patterson. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Then head over to worklife.news for continued coverage on how workplaces and workforces are changing to meet new expectations.